When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Eat anywhere else. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Yad Zooks at five minutes after five on a Monday morning, 19th day of October. But for a lot of folks around the state, it probably feels a whole lot more like November, December. Uh, This cold snap, a surprise to a lot of folks, not just here in Wisconsin. How would you like to be waking up this morning in uh, Nyhart, Montana? That is the coldest spot in the United States this morning at just nine above. And then flip the switch, talk about Rio Grande Village in Texas. They are at 105 already this morning. So one extreme to the other. We are probably leaning a little bit more towards Montana than we are uh, Texas this morning. And it looks like that pattern is going to be in play all week long. Today, clouds, 40 degrees are expected high, overnight lows down to 30. Tomorrow, we'll warm up with showers and 49. Wednesday, cloudy and 51. And then for some reason, on Thursday, we're supposed to bounce up to around 70 degrees. I don't know. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, will have the weather details for us right here in Wisconsin. That's coming up. How are things going in Eau Claire at the northern end of the world's longest barn? Bob Bosol joins the Midwest Farm Report in just moments to update you on the latest agriculture happenings. If we all go in on energy efficiency, Wisconsin is in for some big rewards. Focus on Energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the tools to grow their farm's energy efficiency and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today. Call 888-623-2146 or visit FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. Well, they've been zip-zapping across the state of Wisconsin, all kinds of uh, elected officials, non-elected officials. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And one of our USDA undersecretaries had a chance to see the beautiful Northwoods headed up towards Chippewa to make a couple of announcements. And Bob, you got a chance to catch up with uh, Bill Northy, didn't you? We certainly did. And uh, he was there not only to give a grant, in the Chippewa County area for folks to have expanded broadband, but also then to visit a dairy farm in the Chippewa Falls area to listen more than anything else. How are the programs working that dairy farmers and other farmers are availing themselves of from the Farm Bill of 2018 and what the Trump administration has put in place? And uh, Bill Northy, of course, is the Undersecretary of Agriculture for Farm Production and conservation. That's a new job. It's a consolidation of a job that uh, Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue put in place in the current administration. And uh, before we talked about farm programs, I asked uh, the Undersecretary what exactly this is all about, being the Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation, where that job actually came from. It was. Um, he, for, um, the Natural Resources Conservation Service, the conservation side that f- farmers work with, used to actually be with Forest Service. Now it's with Farm Service Agency and Risk Management Agency. So it's those three agencies. It's 
um, 3,000 offices across the country. It's uh, 20,000 employees. And it's all the conservation, crop insurance, and farm programs. And of course, when we, uh, some folks talk about downsizing agriculture, that doesn't sound like it's downsizing agriculture, <laughs> but I guess it points out the needs in rural America. It, it really does, and boy, we sure felt them this year. You know, we had some trade situations that impacted folks, and, and we had a market facilitation program to address that. And then this year, coronavirus, um, that the impact of, of coronavirus on folks, we developed a, a, a CFAP program, Coronavirus Food Assistance Program. We now are about two weeks into the, uh, the second one of those. Um, we have, I believe, uh, $3.5 million, $3.5 billion out of the $14 billion have been paid to producers. Um, ag took a lot of hits in this, and it's a way of trying to soften that blow. Uh, we encourage folks to, to get in for that. I'll also mention, too, so certainly for the dairy industry, dairy margin coverage sign-up will start next week. Um, and uh, and Wisconsin has historically been the largest participant in dairy margin coverage. Almost 30% of all the dairy producers in the country that signed up for dairy margin coverage this last time around were from Wisconsin. And so, and I think a lot of them. I wish more. I think more of them wish they'd have signed up. I think so. Too. Knowing what happened and thinking, well, the dairy price is forecast to be good, and it bottom dropped out again because of COVID. That's right. Uh, that's where dairy margin coverage does shine. It's a risk management tool. We don't know whether it's going to pay or not in 2021. Let's hope it doesn't. Right? Let's hope dairy prices are enough better that it doesn't pay. But it's there to backstop you when we get some surprise. This year, the surprise was crazy. But it's important to be able to buy some insurance, uh, and that's what it does. And so we encourage producers to take a good look at it. Mr. Secretary, the CFAP2 program changing from price to revenue as far as payments. Explain how that works and why the change was made. <clears throat> so for, for, for dairy, for beef, for corn and soybeans, those are still kind of price-based yet. But for specialty crops, um, we went to a revenue base. So we said, we can't figure out what everything is worth. What are, what are mink worth? What are cranberries worth? What is ginseng worth? And what was the price drop? And how, how do we sort that out between all the folks? And frankly, if you've got really good ginseng and I have bored ginseng, then, then would we overpay me by paying us both the same price? So we said, let's look at 2019 revenue. And let's use that as a proxy for what 2020 should be and pay about 10% of that. Now, that doesn't always work either because we had some bad years in sales of ginseng to, to China. Um, and so we're trying to sort out if there's other ways to soften that. But it was really trying to look through in CFAP1 and those specialty crafts. We ended up with over 100 different commodities that we covered. And we had some that didn't meet the criteria, and we knew there were impacts to those commodities as well. Did we include more in CFAP2 than we had in CFAP1 as far as commodities? We really did. Pretty much everything is in. You need to have sales in 2019. Um, and if you did, then pretty much everything is in. Um, it's If you're a crop um, and, and you didn't meet the sales, the, the, the price drop like your oats, um, then you still get a per acre payment of $15. 
but for a lot of our specialties, I was with some meat goat folks earlier today and, and things like that that were not covered the first time around, they're covered this time. And as we uh, go forward into the new year, speaking of trade, the Chinese sales have picked up now that uh, mainly Brazil's run out of crop to sell them, I guess. That's right. But as we, as we look forward and when you sit down with farmers, they'll continue to tell you, we don't want your check. We want it out of the marketplace. How are we going to do that? Because, again, we still got tariffs. We don't see them in the headlines, steel and aluminum tariffs. From your perspective as an undersecretary and what you do, how can you assure farmers that we're going to get market prices? Well, I think we've seen uh, some of the daylight on that. You look at at Japan, you look at Korea. Some of those countries are quietly having one of the best purchasing years of U.S. products they've had. Lately, we've got a lot of orders on the books from China for corn, soybeans, pork, um, cotton, some of the other commodities out there. We're still struggling with some, but we've kind of reset the rules, and China's got to follow them now. And so I think there's reason to believe that that's positive. You know, USMCA offers some opportunities. Hopefully, we've got to make sure the Canadians are purchasing the dairy products. They're supposed to be purchasing, uh, but that's solidified as well. So that uncertainty is gone. So I think there's some opportunities with Europe and, and with the UK, but Really, I think we've reset the clock and we have better trading future in the future. Uh, we all want it now, um, and we have reasons, and the markets are responding to some of that right now. We're seeing soybean prices that are, you know, in a place they haven't been consistently for several years. We, we see wheat prices that are recently hit two-year highs, and that doesn't mean everybody's healed up by any means. It was important to have these other programs to bridge towards that time when we don't need those programs and we can get back to the market. And I think we've, we're on a good trajectory. As far as USMCA and the dairy issues with Canada, how much are we working? What kind of headway have we gotten to get rid of Class 6, Class 7, and get those imports in there? And, and of course, we know what they did with powder and upset the world markets. Are we making improvements, making inroads? I think that we are. I'm not dealing with that every day, but the folks that are are telling me that we are. And they're also telling me that the rules in the USMCA give them the power to do that. Now, I think we're yet to see if we're going to realize those extra sales that we should and, and decrease that competition that when Canada was dumping some milk on that international market and undermining our milk out of their supply control system. But but I think we have the rules within that, and we got folks working every day to try and make sure that that comes to the conclusion it's supposed to come to. And you're in Wisconsin to talk about uh, rural broadband issue grants, but also a big priority on your plate is rural health and hospitals. It, it really is, and, and certainly rural broadband is an important piece of that. Rural development does great work with being able to help rural hospitals. They've struggled through this time of COVID, too, when they lost patients. And, and, and just there's, there's a lot of things that need to be done to be able to help there, and that's certainly an important role for USDA to play. Got all the corn and beans off at home? Uh, no, they're still working on it. They got some beans off, but uh, a lot of corn to go. Uh, we were in the area north of the Duratio, so at least we don't have the down corn that some have. But got hit by a little bit of drought. Beautiful around here. 
trees are beautiful. It's great to see some beans off, a little bit of corn gone, and certainly the, the silage ground, in some cases, coming up with a little cover crop. So it looks great. Enjoy your cheese curds. Uh, thank you. I look forward to hearing the squeak. <laughs> Undersecretary of Agriculture for Farm Production and Conservation, Bill Northey, here in Wisconsin in the Cornell area. I'm Bob Bosold. Should you be wearing shorts or industrial-grade insulated pants? Around these parts, it's tough to tell, but not for ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Weather is up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. Focus on the future. Farm First represents dairy farmers in the halls of Congress and provides test verification, disaster assistance, and youth scholarship benefits. Farm First Dairy Co-op. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. What if you didn't care about being on the fast track? Instead of flying to the big interview, what if you flew somewhere else altogether, like a village in Botswana or a tiny island in the Pacific where needs are easy to see? What if you decided to share your skills with others and help someone else get ahead? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. Pain can be unrelenting, overwhelming, and all-consuming. So why do so many of us try to manage pain only from the palm of our hands? Doctor-prescribed opioids are appropriate in some cases, but they just mask the pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives, like physical therapy, to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. And by increasing physical activity, you can also reduce your risk of other chronic diseases. Pain is personal, but treating pain takes teamwork. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose more movement and better health. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. This message is brought to you by the American Physical Therapy Association. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we've got to talk about it. This crazy weather that's suddenly a part of our reality in the state of Wisconsin. Stu our ag meteorologist, joining us live via Skype. And boy, I'll tell you, buddy, I, I don't like it. It's not the first year that trick-or-treaters in Wisconsin are going to have to wear long johns, though. Oh, no, he'd pull that big parker over that pretty costume because it's really cold. Off, but you can go out trick-or-treating. Yes, yes. Well, the fresh air, the fresh air. Now, um, one thing about it, though, is uh, I don't mean to poke fun. Literally, it looks like this cold stretch is going to hang on till about uh, at least Halloween. Well, we get a little bumpy ride. How about that? Because it does warm up here mid and late part of the week. And I'm, I'm talking about a warm-up that actually could be above normal by about Thursday and getting back close to that normal level on Wednesday. But with all of that, there's going to be some precipitation chances right now with any kind of mild air building in. Once we start seeing winds oh, a little more east or even southeast and south, 
more mild air builds in, but that's going to mean more cloud cover like we see today. And just a little precipitation, a little scattered sprinkly shower could be around. Have to mention that there was a little snow reported from Saturday and into Sunday. I see about an inch at Wausau's official. Ashland up toward the far, far northwest point of the state. Almost two inches of snow. Now, we aren't going to worry about that right now, but there will be some snow chances, especially at Eau Claire and La Crosse. And as we move on from Tuesday and into Tuesday night, uh, Eau Claire, unfortunately, could see several inches of wet, sloppy, early season snow accumulate. Just a small disturbance trying to wedge in today, and that means some snow out in southern parts of North Dakota, northern South Dakota, and southwest Minnesota. For most of us, a few sprinkles could pop up a bit later today, and that's about the worst of it. It stays cloudy, doesn't cool as much overnight, but then Tuesday and into Tuesday night and Wednesday, another small system tries to fly in pretty quickly, moves through the Dakotas, crosses over through northern Wisconsin, and that's when there'll be some rain in the south, and there may even be a couple of tenths of an inch in some area, but uh, more likely some of that snow we'll hear about at Eau Claire, where, like I mentioned, several inches may be accumulating. A sloppy early season kind, you know, it melts off pretty quickly, but there's going to be that awakening that that kind of thing's going to happen here as we make our way on into this later part of October. We have to put that in perspective. It's uh, heading now into the later part of October. We're pushing further and further to the end of the fall season, and on toward that one that starts with W. I'll have our forecast details right after this. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. A history of success means proven performance. But let's call performance what it is. Profitability. And boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb Brand Corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb Brand Corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. All righty, Stu, let's talk a little bit more about this. We'll get our crop progress report this afternoon. That'll give us a little better handle on how many more acres we've got yet to harvest. I'm not really so concerned about the snow. Yeah, I don't like it. It's going to be ugly. But, boy, you start talking about precipitation. That does not make for good field conditions. Oh, absolutely not. Things get sloppy and just don't dry out at this time of the year. Today, we're going to see more clouds build in, a better chance to stay brighter in the south longer. Everybody else gets those clouds in. And a little bit of light rain, maybe a snowflake further north yet later today. Low 40s for highs with the north winds only about 5, but that ends mostly cloudy overnight. Still cool down toward around 30 or below in a few areas with the northeast winds become east at 5. Mostly cloudy Tuesday. In the south, it showers in the west and especially northwest. Could be some snow edging on in. Upper 40s with east winds at 5 to 10. Wednesday, up into the 50s. Low to mid 50s, but some rain and even snow further north. I'd say La Crosse and Mauston, maybe a couple of tenths of an inch of rain, Pam, and, and less further south. But Eau Claire is going to be the one that gets that snow here as we get this week moving. Oh, they must be living right, those lucky folks, hey? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're calling it that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. We'll catch you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. You bet. Take care. All right. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist. With the weather details, quite frankly, we probably do not want to hear about this morning, but that's the way she be in the state of Wisconsin. The only good thing is uh, we're definitely not alone. These are weather patterns that uh, are stretching, like you said, as far south to folks that are really not accustomed to it down uh, in uh, Kansas as well as Missouri. Uh, the rest of us, yeah, and don't like it. Time to find the scratchy that's been buried under the seat and get ready for what's coming ahead. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Furnace on the fritz? Whether it's a quick fix or time for something new, you need a dealer who knows what it takes to warm things up. And a Bryant dealer does whatever it takes. It takes attention to detail, the right tools, and friendly, knowledgeable service. Bottom line, it takes a Bryant dealer to bring the heat. Al Byers Indoor Comfort Systems in Cambridge and Janesville for fast furnace service. Bryant, whatever it takes. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of Battles Won. At Tom's Auto Center, we're known for being upfront with our auto repairs. And name brand new tires. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Goodyear, Firestone, Brigstone, Michelin, BF Goodrich, Continental, and Kelly Tires. We carry and install them all. When you need new tires, Tom's Auto Center will make sure you leave happy. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. We've always been in the helping profession. And I really enjoy delivering a product that they never have to worry about ever as long as they live. We're passionate about this because, first of all, we like to work with a variety of homeowners. And we like to work with a variety of homes. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. When you're ready for your new metal roof, we'll be right here for you. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com. Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. 
When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. When someone breaks important safety rules and drives negligently, a crash is often the result. If you're caught in a crash because another driver broke the rules, it can feel unfair. And for good reason. It's not fair when you're injured through no fault of your own. It's not fair when your life is now very different. We can help. At Clifford and Rihala, after decades of helping people injured because someone else broke the rules, we know what you're going through, and we're ready to stand by you. Here you'll find caring, compassionate attorneys committed to helping you recover everything you've lost. If you've been in a crash... Call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation on your injury claim. We'll fight to make things right so that now you're treated fairly. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Interest rates are at all-time lows, and home equity is at all-time highs. You know what that means? You can save big money by refinancing your mortgage loan. Whether you want to just save a few hundred dollars a month, consolidate some debt, or get money for home improvements, now's the time to call me. Educated mortgage, way home. Call Dan, the mortgage man. Are you really the Vegas Raiders if you haven't had fans yet? No. I mean, sure. that's where you are, I guess, but yeah. Do I know you? No, but there you no, are. but there you are. That stadium looks pretty damn cool. How about that? You build a brand new stadium and no fans are allowed the in. Death Star. That thing's pretty pretty cool. It's pretty badass. But yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, my God. I saw the, um, it was like the uh, the power glove, <laughs> Thanos, of the him ripping out um, Vision's Forehead, stone. yeah, and it said Le'Veon Bell, and he put it back in his in the glove, and all of a sudden, you're like, it's Mahomes wearing the glove too. I was like, yeah, that's pretty spot on, man. Um, it's unbelievable that a market like Kansas City is is now the destination. Like this is the spot. That just shows you what a quarterback can do, like Mahomes. I'm yeah. surprised if if Ted Thompson had any had any cojones back in the prime of Aaron Rodgers, people wanted to come with Aaron Rodgers. Like, Marshawn Lynch was like, tell Ted to come get me. And it was even before that, people wanted to come and play with Favre, yeah. a.k.a. Randy Moss. Randy Moss. And yet everybody and was like, anything. meh. What did the Patriots end up giving away to, to get Moss? Was it a fifth-round? Yeah, it was like nothing. Fourth or a fifth-round pick or something? Yeah. Brett Favre was like, yo, go get Randy Moss. And then what they do? Nah, that's all right. It's all right. We'll bring in Ravel Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Just think if you have. We're going to draft and develop some people for you. You have a. Because I'm still living in a world that has no free agency. (laughs) Bring in Corin Robinson, even though he was cut. (laughs) Like what Nelly was saying, uh, everyone's talking about. Everyone's talking about how Patrick Mahomes is doing things we've never seen before. Well, Nelly, are those same people saying that? Did they watch football in like 2010? Like there's no doubt that there's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is probably the most talented quarterback in the NFL right now, and he's a rising star. He was a MVP. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's not even 25 years old yet. There's no doubt about any of those facts. But to say that he's doing things that no one else has done, that's it's, just a it's, lie. It's absurd. That's a bold-faced yeah. lie. Who who has the a single season quarterback record? Who who holds that right now? 
uh, from 2011 season. It'd be Aaron Rodgers. I don't see Patrick Mahomes having that. Did, did you guys see that? I no? did not. I, I did not. People are like, oh, Mahomes doing stuff he, no one's ever done before. Do you, did you not watch Aaron Rodgers? Or did you guys see the clip with Patrick Mahomes, you know, because they made such a big deal about the no-look passes? Yes. And then, and then, like, right after, I think it was that week where they were, they were talking him up for these no-look passes, he tried one and completely airmailed, I think it was Travis Kelsey, <laughs> out of the back of the end zone when, when Kelsey was wide open. Yeah. I think that was last year sometime. Mm-hmm. But then it was also they had Brett Favre yeah. on, and he was talking with Patrick Mahomes. And they were doing like that little walkthrough, like in the practice field, and Brett Favre's hanging out doing this stuff. And we know Brett Favre's older. He's in his, what, around 50 now? Yeah. He was walking still in there like, oh, point. you know, let's do some of these throwing drills. And Patrick Mahomes, they were talking about the no look throw again. And Patrick Mahomes was throwing at the little, um, you know, netting, uh-huh. the one that um, Jordan Love rolled out from <laughs> and, it's totally and, and missed completely it. missed. Well, they were doing no look passes into that netting. And Brett Favre did it just as well as yes. Patrick Mahomes. And Brett Favre is like twice his age. Yeah, Brett Favre yeah. is 51 years old. And they were doing the exact same thing, the exact same drill that they were talking him up for. In fact, and Brett-, Brett Favre, I'm sure, doesn't go home every day and sling a football around. No. Yes, he does. Hey, haven't you seen the commercials yeah. when he's running Levi's? He, uh, well, Copperfit. I'm sorry, Copperfit. Yeah, Brett Favre's birthday was on the 10th. He's yeah. like, he just he's, turned 51 six days ago. He's playing pickup football every weekend with, because of his Copperfit. Brett, I know you're listening. Happy belated birthday. And I don't know where he and Jerry Rice yeah, he must to have play took, in those games. He must have took time out of his day the other <laughs> Sunday to, to go catch a real football game instead of playing his flag, flag Okay, league. I'm glad you brought up Brett Favre because coming up we're going to talk Green Bay Packers. Do you think, as we saw earlier in the season, where Brett Favre was wearing a Tom Brady uh, shirt. It looked like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pirate. Yeah. It was Tom Brady's face. Will Brett Favre, who was in the stands in Tampa Bay, be in the stands again watching the Packers take yeah. on the Buccaneers? It has to be. He's Why a big Tom you? Brady guy. It, and he's a big Packers guy, obviously. And supposedly he's a big Rodgers guy. Yeah. Now, Alleged. about to find out. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, well, Brett Favre. What are people going to be mad about on Monday? Because they were pretty mad that Brett Favre was in the stands last game he was there in Tampa Bay. Well, just the players because their because families, their families couldn't come. <laughs> like, dude, are, is your family's last name Favre? Is no, your family okay. a Hall of Famer? Is your family uh, a legendary quarterback who is a god among men? No? no? Okay. Oh. Oh, and oh, we're mad about Favre not wearing a mask. Well, the dude was eating. He had a bag of chips in his hand. What do you want from Favre? And it's outside. And it's it's Florida, not California. Yeah. There are no Could you imagine him having yeah. his mask up while he's walking around? And then he puts one chip in, flips, <laughs> flips it back, it back up. up. Yeah, say no California. Say no. We don't got time for wussies like in California. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I know you're not going to be impressed at all with this weather forecast for the 19th day of October. Cloudy skies in 40 today. Tomorrow. 49 and afternoon showers. Wednesday, we're up to 51. Hang on. Thursday, we're supposed to bounce up to around 70 degrees. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. So it's the 19th day of October. On this day in 1943, they discovered streptomycin. That is what they called a miracle antibiotic at the time. It was used against tuberculosis in the mid-20th century. Now, in agriculture, we use streptomycin as kind of a fungicide, uh, antimicrobial for a lot of our uh, field crops, different crops, ornamental plants, things like that. So we're using streptomycin today. On this day in 1990, Dances with Wolves, directed by Kevin Costner, starring Kevin Costner. 
That premiered in Washington, D.C. in 1990. And on this day in 2018, a reboot of the movie Halloween, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, made a record $77 million for a horror film with a female lead. That happened on this date, 2018, and now you know. Well, like I said, none of us real thrilled with this weather change here in Wisconsin, but we're not the only ones struggling with weather-related issues. If you go to the West... All of the fires, the wildfires, are doing terrible damage to California agriculture. And because of the smoke, states to the north are also seeing their agriculture impacted. In the Pacific Northwest, Oregon wineries are having some real problems in light of the smoke and the continuing movement of those fires. Sally Murdoch can tell you all about it. She sits on the Oregon Wine Board, and she said these fires are coming at just the time that they were witnessing excellent growth on wine sales. The pieces that were most evident when I really started to look at the numbers was not just year by year we've been growing, but even looking at the sales of a two-year period, each of two years there was nice big chunks of growth that in 2017 to 2019 was the biggest jump ever if we're looking at two-year growth cycles. Sally Murdoch with the Oregon Wine Board says that right now they're gathering data on exactly how much is being lost as far as the harvest of 2020. They say the ground level smoke in a lot of the grape growing regions, along with cool weather that they experienced in June, is definitely impacting grapevine development. And she says knowing what kind of damage is done is going to take time to evaluate. But then we're testing a lot of the grapes right now. So with 908 wineries submitting their tests for smoke levels, there's a backlog. We already knew that there would be fewer wine grape chunks harvested this vintage for 2020 because of the cool June and because of some other factors. But the September wildfires will definitely compound the situation. Sally Murdoch with the Oregon Wine Board, just one of the farmers impacted by those fires and the following smoke all up and down the West Coast. I've been hearing this from farm broadcasters from Southern California all the way up to Seattle, how it's not just about the wildfires consumption of trees and landscape and buildings. It's also about that smoke, and it's damaging agriculture and many different crops being impacted. Itching for a market update? The Midwest Farm Report will be right back with a look at the latest from the Chicago Board of Trade. As a proud supporter of the swine industry, Copier Financial sends a special thank you to swine producers during National Pork Month. We recognize the commitment it takes, and we are grateful to all the hardworking farmers and their families as you work relentlessly to feed, clothe, and fuel the world all year long. Give your local Copier team a call at 844-426-6733 or visit Copier.com for your lending, crop insurance, appraisal, and other financial needs. Copier Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. We'll get our latest crop progress report out this afternoon, and I'm sure that traders are going to be talking about the sudden influx of 
snow, wet weather across a lot of the upper Midwest, and its impact on the harvest. Where are we at? Now, here in Wisconsin, we'd gotten a lot of work done already, but as you can imagine, everything just gets more difficult when you get this kind of strange weather patterns coming into play. Markets and overnight activity right now are actually fairly firm. December corn's up four right now at 4.06. November soybeans are up four and a half at 10.54. July wheat is up only a quarter of a cent right now at 6.09 a bushel. Friday in Chicago, barrel cheese remained unchanged at 2.20 and a half. 40 pound block cheese also unchanged Friday at 2.72. Double A butter dropped a quarter of a cent on three trades at $1.51 per pound. Good news November milk is up 13 cents at 21.05 a hundredweight. December milk up 14 cents at 18.87. But I got to warn my dairy producers boy, you hit January and we're down to $17 money. February through June. Nothing much uh, better than the $16 money. So remember, we've got USDA's purchases for that farm-to-families food box programs supposedly coming to an end at the end of this month, and we could really see that have quite a profound impact on our dairy segment, particularly cheese, since that's obviously a big piece of what has been going into those food boxes. And obviously, that's also going to impact our food pantries. So please think about those folks as well. If you're starting to think about end-of-the-year donations or anything like that, any of our food pantries, food banks would definitely appreciate the assistance. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. I-39 Supply, affordable trailer rentals on all trailers, enclosed utility car hauler and dump trailers. Plus, I-39 Supply's huge indoor showroom service and parts department. I-39 Supply, trailer service and more. I-39Supply.com. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's donated dental services program to see one, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat, or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will You See One? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today. Your time is valuable, and McFarland's is there to help. I'm Pam Yonke for McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City or online, McFarland's.net. So you're broke down in the field. Time is money. And if you're looking for parts, look no further than McFarland's. Remember, because all of their clientele are prime, they deliver free within a 10-mile radius of the store. Text them what you need at 608-643-3321, McFarland's.net. Jewelry is always the perfect gift for that special someone. You want to go to Goodman's Jewelers, where they have the experience and patience to work with you to find that perfect diamond. Pendant necklace, diamond earrings, engagement ring. It'll be a one-of-a-kind and all yours at Goodman's Jewelers, a couple blocks from the Capitol on State Street. If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I want to talk about a crop that uh, for many folks in Wisconsin, it's all but forgotten. But we are the world leaders when it comes to quality production. I'm talking about Wisconsin ginseng. Now, remember, 95% of all the ginseng grown in the United States comes from a pretty narrow geography around central Wisconsin. It is considered the premier product for the world market. But that's the problem. It's not been able to get to the world market. It started with tariffs imposed on ginseng about a year ago, and then, bam, they get hit with COVID-19. I had not thought about the impact that COVID-19 would have on Wisconsin ginseng until I visited with Dave Schumacher. He is the vice president of the Wisconsin Ginseng Board, and he is a grower himself near Marathon in central Wisconsin. I asked him to give me just a quick update before we got started about the tariffs and COVID on how the growing season of 2020 has been going for our Wisconsin ginseng growers. Actually, the growing season was pretty good for ginseng. It was a little bit above average rainfall, which we don't necessarily like, um, but it has dried up in the last month or so, and we've had a beautiful fall, actually. Um, The harvest is probably about three-quarters of the way through right now. Um, The ground is dry, so the harvesting is going well. Um, So I guess overall, we we shouldn't complain um, with regards to the growing season. Now, I know that that is still one of those crops that requires a lot of physical, manual labor. What about uh, employees keeping Schumacher Farm going forward in light of COVID now? Right. You know, at first we thought there were going to be some issues with regards to uh, a shortage of labor um, because you know, the, the older people that would typically come out um, to harvest the ginseng and the berries, um, a number of them, you know, of course, are a little bit afraid of the virus right now. So some of those did not go out this year to work. Um, but surprisingly, because of the good weather here, we were able to go pretty much on a daily basis. And um, overall, because you know, overall the market is down, what happened was in terms of picking the berries, um, the growers pretty much picked what they would need to plant for next year, and they did not plant or they did not harvest or pick any extra berries um, because they don't see a, a demand for being able to sell the seed. So, therefore, that cut down on the number of acres that was actually harvested in terms of the berry production. Um, so, that, of course, cut down on the number of labor hours that were needed also. So, overall, I, I don't really see a big issue in terms of a shortage of labor right now. Now, there's one element I did not know about, berries and ginseng. Somehow I kept thinking about uh, maybe a cut off of the root or something like that. Tell me more about the value of the berries. Right. Well, you know, of course, the, the berries would be harvested. Um, it's a red berry that ripens. Um, it's typically harvested at the end of August, beginning of September. And the seed is in the berry. So um, to replant, we would need to harvest the berries. And um, typically on a good, really good crop of berries, you would always have extra. And so if, if there's a demand for, uh, for seed out there, of course, the growers would typically harvest more than necessary, then they would need to replant the same number of acres. And it would be, you know, kind of an extra income for the growers if they were able to sell a little bit of extra seed. Um, but overall right now with the decrease in the acres being planted because of the market downfall, um, we're really not seeing a demand for seed. So, therefore, the growers are really not spending the extra money harvesting the extra seed. Makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about acres, Dave, because, uh, again, 
you, once you're in ginseng, you're in ginseng, and it's a, it's a longer-term commitment than just one year. What have you been hearing as vice president of the Ginseng uh, Board of Wisconsin? What do the numbers look like acres-wise this year? Well, I don't have the exact number of acres that were planted yet. Um, we'll be getting those a little bit later, um, or early 21, in terms of what was planted this year. But we're definitely seeing a downtick in the number of acres. I don't think it's going to be a significant drop this year, um, mainly because just the land prep to, to grow ginseng starts, you know, well in advance of planting the ginseng. So many of the growers were prepping the land. They had it in, in their calendar in terms of what they're going to be planting every year. They had the seed already. Um, they had the shade structure on hand. So, you know, I would say at most we probably saw a 5 to 10% reduction in the number of acres, but that's overall a guess on my part. Um, we did see a few growers drop out completely. Um, some of those are probably touching the or close to retirement age. Of course, there's some of the, 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 the smaller growers that just were not able to afford to plant anymore. So a few of those dropped out. And I, I think from what I've heard, a few of the larger growers have cut back a little bit um, just to kind of steal the market out here over the next year or two. Now, again, when we talked, the big issue was that tariffs Specifically, it seemed like targeting Wisconsin ginseng had decimated the market, uh, left people that had produced a great crop without a market, China being our number one target. Give us an update on the tariff situation and its ultimate impact on your bottom line, Dave. Right. Without a doubt, you know, when when the trade dispute started, you know, we did see a downtick um, in in the number of pounds being purchased from Chinese buyers. Um, It did affect the ginseng market in a negative way. Um, I wouldn't say that it was a drastic, you know, problem for our industry, but it was a problem. Um, But, you know, we've kind of worked through that part in terms of the tariffs, but something, of course, came after that, has, that has affected our ginseng market far more than the tariffs, and that would be COVID-19. And the reason is, is that, you know, in many cases, the, the Chinese buyers, and like you mentioned, you know, most of the ginseng will end up in China. There is no travel going on between China and the U.S. right now. And we need, we need travel. We need people from, from the U.S. traveling to China with ginseng. We need people traveling from China to come to the U.S. to to look at the ginseng, the buyers, to purchase the ginseng, and then, of course, export it back out into China. You know, and, of course, with COVID going on right now, it has come to a halt. And so, overall, COVID has had a far bigger impact on our industry than the tariffs. Had not even thought about that, but it makes perfect sense. Now, uh, what about market prices, Dave? Can you can you share with us a little bit of the trend that you've witnessed? Let's say going back to uh, the beginning of 2019, maybe. Right. So we're, you know, I, I would say overall, if I had to just throw a ballpark number out there, when the, when the tariffs came in, I would say that could have possibly had upwards of a 10 percent reduction in the price um, for ginseng. Since the, the COVID deal came in, we're seeing probably upwards of another 30 to 40% drop in the overall market for, for ginseng. Um, and just to, just to touch on that a little bit more, you know, if, if, if China, or China is purchasing, let's say, corn or soybeans, you're basically looking at moisture and, and, and really not a lot of differences in terms of quality, whereas Wisconsin ginseng is a quality product. 
and, you know, you're looking at the shape of it, the color of it, how it was dried. Um, and, and there's so many variables that come into play here. That's why, you know, China cannot make a call to Wisconsin and say, I want to purchase, you know, 10,000 pounds of ginseng. They have to be able to see it and really inspect it themselves to be able to know if, if that's the actual crop that they want to purchase because it does vary so much from farm to farm. Um, so that is the big difference between ginseng and corn or soybeans or any other crop. So let's project ahead then, Dave. I mean, right now, I don't hear anybody really talking about when, quote-unquote, COVID's going to end. So how are you planning? What is the industry talking about as far as the next five years? Right. You know, of course, you know, we always keep our fingers crossed you know, that, that a vaccine is going to come forth here. And, you know, there's always, there's always optimistic news out there, and I want to be on the optimistic side, you know. But, but like you mentioned, we really do not know what the future holds here. If I look back to um, the end of January, we started seeing an effect already in terms of sales when COVID was over in China. So we've been affected, you know, far earlier than any other U.S. business here. You know, and of course, back then, I thought, you know what, by fall, you know, this thing's going to straighten out. The virus is going to die off or we're going to have a vaccine. Of course, I was 100% wrong. You know, the vaccine or the, the virus, if anything, is, is starting to get worse in, in a number of states, especially Wisconsin right now. So I'm always hopeful that a vaccine will come forth. But, you know, looking forward, I think everybody's just tightening their belt a little bit. You know, they're, they're hoping, they're praying to, to get through this, this struggle right now. And, of course, we always turn... You know, not. I personally don't like government intervention. Normally, um, I'm always a free market kind of person. But when when an industry gets hit as hard as ours has, um, with a combination of number of things, of course, you always look to the government to maybe to maybe help out a little bit. And you know, and and there are a few programs out there that look like maybe they'll give us a little bit of a boost. Um, but we're running into a few issues with that also. Dave Schumacher, Vice President of the Wisconsin Ginseng Board and a grower himself by Marathon in central Wisconsin. Now, the issues that he's talking about relative to the federal government and its assistance have to do with CFAP 2 and CFAP 1. Uh, There was some assistance provided for Wisconsin ginseng growers, but you needed to have marketed your crop in 2019. And for a lot of Wisconsin ginseng growers, because of the imposed tariffs, They didn't have a place to market their crop, so they basically put it in storage. That's not going to get them qualified for any of the financial assistance that was made available. So that's one of the foibles of the CFAP 1, CFAP 2 program for our Wisconsin ginseng growers.